Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia. And today we're back. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but this was a really wonderful opportunity to chat with a lovely listener and reader. I would love to introduce you to Katie. She hails from Minneapolis, wait, Indianapolis. I almost said Minneapolis. Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis. And uh, we're going to do a reverse interview. So the way that these these interviews work is I, Katie has written in with a wonderful question or set of questions. And instead of politely answering her via email, I asked her if she would come on the podcast and would, we could have a conversation because I really think that what we might talk about today would resonate with a lot of folks. So welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much for making the time to come on. I know you've got a lot going on right now. And so we will cut into it. If you don't mind sharing a little bit more about yourself with all of our listeners, and then we can get into some of the discussion and maybe some questions you've got. Sure, sure. Um, I'm a 34-year-old first-time mom. Um, I have a son named Clay who's about 10 and a half months old. Uh, I live in Indianapolis with my husband of two and a half years, Chris, and our two dogs, our two puppy children. Um, I worked for Target headquarters up in Minneapolis for about seven years out of college, and I moved back to Indy, where I'm from, to work for a small digital marketing startup for the last um, four to five years. And after having my baby, I transitioned to working part-time. Um, and I definitely wrote in which, with a question that I thought could, um, like you said, resonate with some of your other listeners. Um, but after having my baby, essentially I'm struggling with what I think is a weight loss plateau. Um, but along with that, some body image and confidence issues. Um, I do definitely want to start with, this is like not the world's biggest problem. Mm -hmm. And I totally recognize that I feel beyond blessed in my life, but this has been kind of a mental struggle for me. Um, the entire postpartum period. Um, I know a lot of people are dealing with a lot more serious things going on or possibly even infertility or other issues like that. And so I don't want to downplay any of those with, um, kind of a nutrition or weight loss conversation, but it's definitely been something that I've struggled mentally with that I wanted to reach out and see if you had any advice on. I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad you kind of started the conversation by addressing that because I think that folks who are blessed with healthy babies, healthy pregnancies. It's an incredible blessing. And that also doesn't make your experiences less than or less worthy than um, in whatever state you're in. And so I think that that's really wonderful. And I'm glad that we are having this conversation. Um, tell me a little bit more about yourself, your pregnancy, your journey in the last 10 months. Um, are you still breastfeeding? And, or if not, did you? Just kind of some of those things that might play into our conversation. Yeah, so I was very lucky with my pregnancy in terms of it was a very healthy pregnancy. I was able to stay active. I didn't experience too much um, morning sickness or all-day sickness, as some people do. Um, but I did gain about 45 pounds. Um, I think my body, I didn't change how I ate too drastically. I definitely allowed myself more bread and grains than I normally do. I 
um, did a Whole30 about five or six years ago. And since then, have eaten kind of paleo-ish since then. Um, so I feel like I made healthy choices during my pregnancy and my body carried a lot of fluid. I had a bigger baby um, that did come about three and a half weeks early. He was impatient, just like his mother. Um, and so we did have some feeding issues to start. Yeah. He just didn't transfer enough. But I did. Um, so I nursed and pumped for the first two months. And then I moved to exclusively pumping until about seven months postpartum when I weaned. Perfect. Okay. Super helpful. And before baby and before that last whole 30, what was your journey with health and wellness like? Um, I've always been pretty active. Uh, I grew up uh, playing volleyball. Um, I played varsity volleyball in um, high school and remained active. I, I really do love working out. It's not a burden to me. Um, so I try to do some resistance training, some cardio, kind of a mix in there. Um, but I would say my food choices didn't necessarily get better until that whole 30. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely lost a lot of weight with that first whole 30. So, um, I always felt like growing up, I was a little overweight, nothing drastic, but chubby enough to feel a little self-conscious about it, um, compared to a lot of my friends. And with the whole 30, I lost at least 15 or 20 pounds. And it felt almost not effortless because you do have to be pretty disciplined, but mm -hmm. I felt like I was fueling my body with really good food and making healthy choices. And I was able to maintain that the majority of that weight loss up until actually my husband and I started trying for a baby and I went off birth control. Mm -hmm. um, I had kind of an opposite experience of what I think some people do when they get off birth control. I feel like some people lose weight where I immediately gained like 10 or 15 pounds um, while we were trying to get pregnant. So I do feel like based on my like past, I have been very self-conscious and I did gain a lot of confidence when I lost a lot of weight. Um, and so I know that's part of the reason I've had some more mental, um, mental struggles with the weight postpartum. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm absorbing all of this and walk me through your, what usually the foods that wind up on your plate today and some of your uh, wellness activities, whether it's personal care or fitness. Yeah. So in terms of a typical day, so I did do a period after I weaned trying intermittent fasting um, and have recently stopped that. Um, I think it was stressing out my body a little too much. So I have been having um, a smoothie in the morning, which I feel like almost like a whole new person now that I'm eating breakfast again. I've always been a breakfast eater. Mm. Um, so I've been doing a smoothie with some vital protein collagen and some greens and some healthy fat. Um, but usually I might have eggs with some veggies, always usually half of an avocado to go along with that. Um, for, for lunch, I try to have a big salad, um, a lot of roasted veggies, especially in Indy in the winter. I want those like warm kind mm -hmm. of comfort meals. Yeah. Um, and then my husband is a physician. So for dinner and with our baby, trying to make things easy. So I've been trying to do 
um, meals in the Instant Pot, either from a Whole30 cookbook or from your blog. Or I make your squeaky clean chicken and roasted veggies all the time. Um, it's a big hit. It's a big hit in the house. Um, so yeah, so try to get a lot of veggies in, um, plenty of healthy fat. Um, and then from a fitness perspective, I try to do probably, I do three or four bike rides, um, on the Peloton Mm -hmm. a week. So trying to get some cardio in and then probably in the last like two ish months, I've been trying to do more resistance training and less like hit workouts. I did a lot of hit at home workouts just because I could do them at home. And now we're trying, I'm getting more into the flow of going to the gym and um, doing more weight. Okay. That's really, that's really good to know. Um, so how many rest days are you say you're, you're really getting a week? I, I do struggle with rest days in terms of taking them, but I've been really making a point to do at least one a week, usually on Sundays or Mondays. Okay. Okay. And then what is sleep looking like right now? Sleep. I feel very blessed. We've had a good sleeper on our hands. So play my son. Yes. Play my son has slept through the night for a while now. I can't say that. Um, I don't have that. I wake up a lot still. Um, even if he's not awake, I don't know if that's just from those first couple months of waking up with him. So occasionally I do have to take melatonin. Um, I also think the hormonal changes from weaning, I think those are past, but I really struggled when I weaned with sleep. I was taking either Unisom or melatonin. Um, but now I'm probably taking melatonin twice a week. Um, but we try to get in bed around by. 9 30 10 and I usually get up around 5 45 or 6. Okay so about eight hours of rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay wonderful and I where are you at on water intake? Is it something that you think you do really well with or something that could improve upon? I think I do pretty well with water. I have tried a few times to get up to that gallon mark and I struggle getting that much water, but I think I drink probably more water than an average person. Okay, perfect. I think I, my, my nutritional perspective is a gallon's too much. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I really struggle with that. No, I think that's too much. I think you wind up actually flushing and diluting in not a great way, uh, unless you're, you know, a 250 pound man with lifting a lot of weights and working outside in the summer, <laughs> then maybe, maybe that amount of water makes sense. I usually go by, it's a really rough starting point, but you take your weight, uh, in ounces, sorry, no, okay. take your weight in pounds, divide by two <laughs> and, and then that's how many ounces of water to start with in a day. So let's say hypothetically you're 160 pounds, divide that by two, and that would be 80 ounces of water a day. Okay. So I think I get at least that. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I just wanted to ask because if you were like, oh, nope, I am, I, I know I'm chronically dehydrated, then that would be a totally different yeah. talking point. Okay, wonderful. And then just two more questions for you. How, how are you doing on caffeine and alcohol? Great questions. Um, I definitely drink caffeine. Um, I have about two to three cups of coffee in the morning. 
Um, I try to stick to two, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you need a little extra. I hear you. And I have then, three today. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a three coffee day. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of alcohol, I just, I did do a January whole 30. So I was, I was very strict with myself with the alcohol. So no alcohol there. And since then I probably have on Friday or Saturday, a drink or two. Okay. Okay. Not, but not like three glasses of wine a night, which I'm no, no. People who do. I'm just trying to, again, get my ducks in a row. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is so interesting. And this is kind of a, I really wanted to pull you on the podcast because you and I, and I think you may have said this in your note, but we are in very similar seasons of life. And, mm-hmm. you know, Grayson is, she's 13 months now. So we're three months ahead of you. We, we were not sleeping <laughs> until she was 11 months old, <laughs> but. Ooh. That's oh, a long time. Oh, it's a long time. And, um, and so I guess my conversation from here out will be for folks listening. It's not, the intention of this is not to be prescriptive, but more just kind of talk around it, talk about kind of my personal experiences. And then of course I have my informed bias based on what I know about the body and things like that. Um, but not necessarily meant to be, um, official or prescriptive. So I think this is really fascinating, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say a lot of stuff, Katie, that I'm sure you already know, you know, today's show is brought to you by the nutritional therapy association. The NTA trains and certifies nutritional therapy practitioners and consultants with a nutritional foundation that emphasizes the body's innate intelligence and bio individuality, because they know that a one size fits all approach to nutrition does not exist. The NTA curriculum focuses on the importance of properly prepared nutrient dense whole foods paired with a well-balanced lifestyle. Sound familiar? I love this program so much. Throughout their program, students learn a wide range of educational tools and techniques to identify and correct nutritional imbalances and deficiencies and students graduate with the education and skills needed to launch a successful career in holistic nutrition. May enrollment for the NTA's Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program, or their fully online Nutritional Therapy Consultant Program, is currently open through April 26th. You can head to www.nutritionaltherapy.com to get more info. The NTA's annual conference, Roots, is also happening March 1st through the 3rd in Portland, Oregon. I've attended in the past and can honestly say that it was one of the most educational and inspirational nutrition conferences I have ever been to. No joke. You can go to the nutritionaltherapyconference.com to register. You do not have to be an NTP to go. All are welcome. I'm going to say a lot of stuff, Katie, that I'm sure you already know you know, and I'm sure you're going to be, you're going to be very well versed. You're going to nod your head. You're going to say, yes, I know that. I know that. I know that. But sometimes it really helps, especially in this season to have somebody else say it. So there's something about it. Um, and I was actually chatting with my team. We just went to lunch and I was asking them if they'd heard of logo therapy and have you heard of logo therapy, Katie? Logo therapy? Yeah. No, I have not. It's, it's, it's not very, it's not out there a whole lot, but it's pretty interesting and it's worth looking into. And I would, I'm going to butcher it if I try to describe it because I, I essentially just took the 2% of takeaways that I found relevant. And that's what I think of when I think about it. That's okay. 
Yeah, but it's it's like having it's it's having something that you identify with that is outside of your body, outside of your head. It's it's another person, it's a thing, it's a symbol, it's something that represents you in a way. And mm-hmm. and ideally a healthy you, a healthy a healthy kind of um gosh, a, a, um, a goal. It represents a goal that you might be achieving, a balance, a perspective that you really value, a part of yourself that you think, gosh, when I, when I am my healthiest, I feel like this thing represents me well. Um, mm-hmm. So from a business perspective and the logo therapy wise, I think that there are certain business owners out there that in a lot of ways I identify with. I know my personality is very similar to some of these business owners and it's helpful watching how they talk about their business and how they go through the ups and the downs because our personalities are very similar. I see the good stuff and the bad stuff. (laughs) I see how they persevere, persevere through those things. And it's just helpful to have some, you know, that an external thing that you identify with. So boil that down to motherhood, postpartum motherhood. And I think that what we go through is this, this mis-ID'd or misappropriated logo that we're trying to still apply ourselves to because mm-hmm. who, who we were as women before we had a baby, before we got pregnant, before we even thought about getting pregnant, right? What we identified then as the healthiest forms of ourselves is, it would be inappropriate right now. Right? Yeah. Because, and even if we're not talking about our bodies, right? Let's take that off the table. If we're just talking about um, our mindset and our, and our outlook, right? And our positivity and our attitudes, like the healthiest form and, and how we achieve that healthy form before baby is totally different now with baby, right? Because our motivations are different. Mm-hmm. Our demands are different. And it, makes, it only makes sense that the person or the figure that we identify with as being who we want to be and who we think represents a healthy form of ourselves to get it, get ourselves out of our head, right? It's, it's going to look different today than it did maybe three years ago. Yeah. Now that's also going to be true. This is where I get into the stuff that you already know. And I am going to have some practical tips for you. So don't think it's all going to be woo woo, but <laughs> when we get into you know, when we take that same principle and we apply it to now our physical bodies, we have to know that the target has moved, right? The physical target has moved. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, I know you know this, but like our hips are different. Our ribs are different. Goodness gracious. I have jumpsuits and dresses and I'm sure every postpartum mama out there is going to nod along shoes, right? For Pete's sake that don't fit anymore. And it's not like my, sh- my feet are not puffy. They're not puffy. My rib cage does not right. have a whole lot of extra fluff on it. It's just bones. But I cannot zip up these dresses anymore. And that and it's just because my ribs have expanded. And maybe slowly over time, I'm 13 months postpartum, but maybe slowly over, over time they might continually go down, but not a whole lot. And so our bodies are different, right? We can see that mechanically and physically they are different based on our bone structure. And we have, you ha- we have to wrap our heads around the fact that those things we can see are hormones and all of the things that we can't see are also very different. And 
and like I said, the target has moved. The logo of what is, what represents really healthy us has also moved. And I think that one of the best things we can do for ourselves postpartum is to, we have to go through the motions, right? Because for so long, we're just surviving and we're just trying to figure out yeah. what we can. And it's not like, I don't, because I don't want to seven month pregnant mama listening to this and now adding this to her list of things she's got to accomplish before baby gets here is like, what does the new her look like? Like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> Cross that bridge, you know, 14 uh -huh. months from now. But, um, I think that, I think that's gotta be a part of the conversation is knowing that it's healthy is going to be a little bit different. And that might mean we hang on to an extra 15 pounds. That might be what it is. And even if we're eating as healthy as possible, even let's say you repeat that, um, those 30 days that you did, you repeat the workouts, the sleep, the water and the food verbatim, right? You, you replicate mm -hmm. it identically. It's still not going to be the same for your body the way you are today for a lot of reasons. And I think just talking about it is the way to be okay with it. Yeah. No, I think, Kathy, you have hit the nail on the head because I think among like all of the changes that you go through postpartum and trying to transition to being a mom and your identity as a wife still or going to work, like all of those different changes in your life, plus all the hormonal changes, like a big part of me, I just want to feel like myself again. And part of that is minute as this part is, but it's fitting into some of my old clothes. Mm -hmm. And, but you're exactly right. You like trying to remember that the target is no longer myself from two years ago. It's just that I'm a different person now and that's good and that's okay. But I, I might need to go shopping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That that exceeds what are that precedes and i want to prioritize that above the other things i was going to give you the practical advice is for sure yeah. shopping sit down with your husband um, and talk about a budget but i think it is so important to go grab clothes that you feel amazing in that fit you now and really celebrate who you yeah. are now because there's so and i get this because before right two years ago we knew that we could change. We knew that, let's say, if oh, we had a whole lot of inflammation we were hanging on to, but we were also eating a lot of fast food, right? A lot of pizza, too much beer. I wasn't working out. Like I knew that I could get healthy and my body would change, right? So I wasn't mm -hmm. going to, at that point, I'm not going to go invest in a really nice pair of jeans, right? I'm not going right. to do that. But we take that and we think I'll do that when I clean up and I get healthy again. And I think that we, what we've done now postpartum, we're well, we're, do, we're well, we're healthy, we're doing good things, we're taking good care of our bodies, we're taking good care of our families, but we're still holding those nice pair of jeans, just to use it as an example, as a carrot mm -hmm. for our body changing, but, but we've already made the healthy changes. And so it's like this unachievable carrot at the end of the stick we're never going to get that just makes us feel bad about ourselves. So I think yeah. I'm like, I'm wearing a pair of jeans right now that I probably would not have bought 
if I hadn't gone to a store and of course the salespeople, I mean, whatever, they've got their own agendas, but this guy was so, I'm such an easy target, but he was like, Oh, these jeans were made for you. They look so good on you. And I was like, what really? They're kind of nice. I don't know. And he was like, no, you deserve <laughs> them. You deserve these jeans. Cause I had talked about my baby and all the things we're doing. So like, you deserve a nice pair of jeans. He's like, you know what I do. And so I think I would, I would prioritize that. Go set aside a little budget, grab yourself something nice that celebrates your body right now. I would say that's step number one. And then the other couple pieces I have for you are if, if you're open to, are you open to some nutrition tweaking or do you feel really good about where you're oh, at? Oh, I would love any advice on nutrition. Okay. So I think that just, and this is probably a grossly inappropriate because I'm not actually looking at a food log right? In, in, in the nutrition consulting world, what I would really need from you to give you a really solid piece of information and feedback is let's journal for two weeks, maybe even four weeks, and then sit down and review it together, right? That would be a really responsible mm -hmm. way to do this. And if anybody listening or even you, Katie, want that kind of an in-depth perspective, then definitely seek out a one-on-one -on -one nutritionist. Um, so now having said that, cleared that out of the air, that's not what we're going to get into today. Some high-level things I would, for breakfast, something that has always helped me, and I really think it's great, look, thinking about hormones throughout the day and setting up our bodies to where we have what we need when we need them in terms of nutrients and in terms of energy cycles and sleep cycles and awake cycles. Are the, the standard American, not that, not that what you described is not standard American diet, but like the template of what we usually follow is a very polite breakfast, like a continental style, like very small, you know, I'll just have an English mm -hmm. muffin, half of an English muffin with some jam, right? That's a lot of people would be like, sure, that's breakfast or they skip it all together. Lunch is usually very light. Like you just, maybe a salad with some grilled chicken, the roasted veggies are awesome. That's a great ad. And then dinner is usually the largest meal of the day. And nutritionally, mm -hmm. if we really want to support our bodies with, again, getting the best nutrients when our body really needs it, we need to flip that model on its head and think about having, and this means this is going to turn our meal prep and our, and our grocery shopping and all of those things on its head also. So it might be a lot to wrap our head around, but think about eating. What is, oh my gosh, I used to work for a doctor who used to say, she wants you to eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and supper like a pauper. Mm, and, yeah. and, and what I really am getting at is I really want you to have protein. doesn't have to be eggs. I mean, even if it's roasted chicken from the night before, dusted in a little cinnamon, you know, so it feels a little breakfasty, but um, get some really good, a good serving of protein in the morning. Maybe get a, some, some healthy starches. Your smoothie sounds like it probably has a little bit of that. So that's great. The collagen peptides are good, but it's not the same kind of protein that your body can make use of right then for, for energy that you're maybe thinking of. The collagen peptides are more mm -hmm. of a bonus nutrient, right? And then some vegetables. The fat is really good. I think, um, I think half of an avocado is great, especially for mamas who are still breastfeeding. We are pregnant. We definitely need that. That might be an area where you can alternate maybe every other day, have the half of an avocado um, and just kind of see how your body responds because we're going to really fill your plate. And I would almost rather you have all the chicken, the veggies, and um, you know, a, maybe about half the amount of fat because you're going to be really okay. full. Lunch still sounds really great. I wouldn't be shy about adding maybe some fruit to that. 
fruit is free, all kinds of fruit, tropical, berry, citrus, you name it. All kinds of fruit are really, really great for postpartum and pregnancy and any women listening that are trying to get pregnant. Our bodies really need and can make really good use of fruit for healthy hormones. Um, so try to get a good, healthy serving of fresh fruit a day. And then dinner also sounds really good. So I think everything else is great. Breakfast is the only one I would tweak. Okay. That's helpful. Awesome. Well, this has been such a good chat. Thank you for taking the time, Katie. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's been my pleasure. And for everybody listening, if you have more questions or you want to expand on this conversation, head on over to fedandfit.com. We have a full transcript of the show as well as a comment section. You can leave a comment and we can chit chat there. But Katie, it really means a lot. Thank you for coming on, sharing your story and indulging my um, <laughs> endless musings <laughs> about logos and no, I protein for breakfast. Yeah, I know. I need to do some Googling now on logotherapy. I'm excited to learn more. It's pretty fascinating. Anybody who actually knows what it is probably is like, Cassie does not have, know what logotherapy is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, a, that's, where, that's my takeaway on it. But anyways, thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate it. And for everybody else listening, thanks so much. We'll be back again next week. 